Well, welcome to Manager Tools. Today's show, the Direct Relationships Acid Test. And a quick note before we go on, we just recently announced the October 7th, 2009 Effective Manager Conference in Houston, Texas. Over the past couple of years, we've been asked a lot about going to Houston, and we're finally going to be there on October 7th. So if you're interested in learning more about one-on-ones, feedback, coaching, and delegation, and then how to roll it all out, the Effective Manager Conference in Houston is for you. Hope to see you there. All right, folks, here we go with the show. We're doing something a little bit different today, and uh, if the audio quality suffers, I hope people will put up with it. But we are um, we are in business travel right now, and we have to forego our normal high quality microphones and talking to these lapel mics. So it, it does amaze me to this day that people still are surprised, particularly when we're talking to clients and. You know, they ask about, oh, how did it start and how did the podcast start? And I say, well, you know how we do the podcast, right? And they say, oh, you're both in Virginia and you have a recording studio. And I say, no, no, I'm in Texas and Mike's in Virginia. And they're stunned. Yeah, they were not it in the same room. The whole double ender thing is, is uh, yeah. So we are actually in the same room. So if there's a scuffle, if a scuffle breaks out, <laughs> scuffle breaks. it's not my fault. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about something. A little bit different. This is gonna be an interesting cast because uh, it's a little little softer than the standard uh, United States Army West Point graduates might uh, you might hear from from folks like that. It, well, it's softer than than people's perceptions of that, but it's still dead accurate and it's still manager tools actionable, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think the whole softer thing, we have to be careful about that because it sends a message that. I mean, there are plenty of, of managers, and I would be willing to bet a higher percentage of men than women that when you hear softer, that's a negative. There's a negative connotation, right? Right, right. And, and we don't care, soft or hard. We, we literally don't care, soft or hard. We care about effective. Right? Exactly. And this is one of those effective ones. Right. Yeah, you no said question, be- people would say soft, but man, is this one effective. Right. And you've said before, you'd stand in a corner and on I your would, head in a tutu. In a tutu. <laughs> as long as we got people to engage in effective behaviors, right? If I, it works, it works. I think right? there'd be a lot of behaviors around that, but I don't yeah, know really effective. Right, exactly. so, so. so, okay. So we've asked this question of folks at every single conference we've done, right. at every single client we've gone to right. where we covered one-on-ones. And it's stunning how eerily similar the answers are at Agreed. every single conference. And... All the answers prove, <laughs> prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that the average professional manager really does not know what she needs to know to be effective. And you're absolutely right. It's frustrating because they don't even know what they need to know, right? I mean, they don't even know what they don't know. Um, the question is actually a series of questions, which we're going to reproduce in this cast. This cast walks everybody through those questions. And, and we admit it. You've probably heard these questions before, but we've been getting a lot of feedback from longtime listeners that there are all kinds of things we touch on, but we never delve into. And people want the background. They want the detail. They want those actionable items that we share when we're in one-on-one conversation with them, when people write us emails and say, help me with my problem, or when we're at a conference and people come up during breaks and keep me from going to the bathroom. So we routinely mention all this stuff, but sometimes the things that go without saying 
bear repeating nevertheless. So we've got four points in this cast. The first one is, what is more important to you? The first question is, what is more important to you, your family or your work? The second question is, and you may be surprised we ask it, but nonetheless, it's valid. What is more important to your directs, their family or their work? Number three, with that in mind, the acid test of all relationships with all managers directs is, can you name each of the children of each of your direct reports? Oh, hold on. I just heard a collective sharp intake of breath and yeah. across all People our listeners. There, there's a, we, the next 30 seconds they're not going to hear, right? So we might as well fill it, with, fill it with interesting banter back and forth. Not that we could be interesting, but we can banter. And then number four, we have specific recommendations for how you can find out now. That's it. Okay. Well, the first question, what is more important to you, your family or your work? That's a pretty simple question. I mean, what is it? Right. Would you rather spend more time at work or would you spend rather spend more time with your family? And like, we really have no guidance for you here. We're just asking the question. Right. You know, occasionally folks say they prefer work. All right. Yeah. That's okay. Privately, we have an opinion, which if you're interested in, is our families. But if you prefer work, you're different. Right. That's okay. Capitalistic Republican democracies give you the right to have a preference. Be thankful for your freedom. And, and look, if it, we prefer family, but maybe you're in a different place, right? Right. So, But if you prefer family, that's fine too. Right. We have had a few for folks over the years that have raised their hands for work over family. And I, I think it's fair to say the vast majority of them were young. And we've read that to mean that they didn't have any spouse or kids, but it may not be that. I mean, it may be something else, uh, and that's good. Uh, diversity is good, biologically speaking and organizationally speaking, since all organizations are, by definition, biological. Right. And so when you ask this question, though, the answer we've gotten isn't really going to surprise a lot of people here. Right. right. I mean, even if you answered work, you're not going to be shocked to hear that 99% of our audiences say family outranks work. You know, as the saying goes, nobody's tombstone ever said, I wish I'd spend more time at work. Yeah. Uh, Over and over again, to an extent, really not matched by any question we've ever asked to any group. 99% of the audience says their family is more important than their work. And and frankly, I mean, when you think about it, it's it's really 100%, right? Yeah, usually. I mean, at most conferences, it's 100%. With an outlier, somebody saying work over family, maybe every three to four conferences. And when you think about it, in a year, for us, just taking the sample of conferences, not taking private client work, we're talking 697 people saying family and three people saying work. What is that, 0.5% or something like that? Yeah, you're better math. That's All it means is the vast majority of people say family. Yeah. Okay, so now our point here with this is, you have to make a choice. Which one is more important? We're asking you, if you're listening, to make a choice, family or work. Get that thought in your head, okay? And we want to take you through our logic, so you need to answer that question first, okay? Good. Good. Okay, so now that you have that in your mind, then the second question we ask people is, what is more important to your directs, their family or their work? And this is where it gets a little interesting. Right, yeah. When we ask people this question... 
I think it probably drops to around 90%. Now, that's that's a guess on my part, but you, but look, so I'm presenting. Usually, I'm the one asking the question. What would you say? 90%? I mean... Yeah, about, about 90%. And maybe then, higher, right? And right. frankly, it, it depends a little bit about how you ask the question. Right. 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 Uh, but about about 90%. If we get an answer of 50%, we say, okay, let's go back. We, answer, yeah, we, we ask, ask the, the question, question wrong. wrong. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right, right. Now, this to me is really interesting because... Really, how much different are your directs than you? Right. I mean, this suggests that somehow our directs are different. They were born on a different planet, (laughs) different solar system. But how can it be that family is most important to us? Mary, Mary, we came from where they are, right? We once were them. Right. We were once working for a boss at our level. Right. And we haven't changed magically. Every, you know, ever since we became a manager, we didn't all of a sudden right. start preferring our family over work. So we were them. Yet somehow, some when, folks when think we that become they're us, right? Then suddenly they're so much different than us, right? Yeah. Imagine you worked for a boss who felt his family was more important than his work, but he assumed that your work was more important than your family. I mean. You have to have a fundamental assumption. We see this. Our conjecture here is that those people who say that their family is more important than work, but somehow it's the other way around for their directs, they somehow, our conjecture is, they somehow see themselves as different than their directs in a very basic way. Yeah. Right? And basically, I said earlier, it's pretty clear. We think that is absolutely wrong. Wrong. Yeah. We think that the average manager is far more like their directs then they are different. We think that the average manager is likely a former direct, like I said. Yeah, I think that's a big one too, right? I mean, imagine that you don't say that your directs feel their family is more important the way you do. You're in the 99th percentile, right? But in fact, you got promoted from that role. Right. When we conjecture that, that they're wrong because they see it different, I mean, that's a monumental jump. I used to be them. My family is more important. And I would argue... That points to a fundamental distinction that people have, that people's worldview, that power corrupts people's worldview enough that managers' relationships with their directs does not to them in any way appear similar to their relationship to their boss. Oh, yeah, we see it When in time. fact, organizationally, we see, right? we see it all the time. Right. I'm good with my people. My people right, and me, exactly. we're all good. We're down. I'm down with them. But my boss. My, yeah, he's my, not me and my boss, oh, he's a nut job. That guy's a whack job. He's, and, and you think, what are they thinking? And then you see that level after level after level, and there's a fundamental. Right, right. We go to the boss that this person he, just talked about, and the boss says, oh, me and oh, my directs, we're, we're all tight. good. <laughs> we're yeah. all good. Now, my boss, nah, yeah, not so much. He's right. a nut job. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're right. Um, we think there is a small group of managers, frankly, who see themselves as better than their directs, which by definition, of course, is different than their directs. And we'd argue those managers are never going to be highly effective. And and what's worse, they might get promoted. They might produce some results for a short period of time. But when they become executive, they're going to wonder why they can't be effective as executive. And and because nobody in the organization thinks this way about effectiveness, about manager relationship with directs, it ends up, they wonder why, you know, oh gosh, it's the Peter principle. He got promoted to his level of incompetence. No, not at all. Their fundamental success is built on a false premise 
which is that they are different from their directs. And these are people who are climbing the ladder. Oh, I'm different. I'm special. And, and right. folks, I got to tell you something. If you think you're special, then the quote we've used many, many times before is meant for you. When you see problems in your organization, look for the cause of the problem in increasingly larger concentric circles around your own desk. You're not special. In fact, you may be gifted. You may be exceptionally bright. We meet people like that all the time. Eldon Schaefer, good example, right? right. Um, you know, Dan McGuire, another good example, really, really exceptional people. And they're always going to outperform. They're gifted with particularly unique insights, uh, intellect and so on, and interpersonal skills and so on. The vast majority of folks are not, but that doesn't matter. You don't have to be unique or special in a, in a small percentage in the top one, you know, one percentile of folks to be effective. You don't, you don't even have to be unique or special to be highly effective. You need to apply certain principles that work for almost everybody because if they didn't work for almost everybody. There wouldn't be a lot of people at the top who are effective. So Okay. So there's this dis- disconnect here. Right. And I think folks probably got it by now. Yeah, so sorry. So so what does this mean? Okay. So what's the purpose of it? Why are we talking about okay. this? Okay. So let's do this. Let's let's do a quick thought experiment, okay? Suppose I work for anyone who's listening, Mark works for you. And, and you know, folks, hopefully you know, but if you don't know, I'm telling you now, my favorite thing in the whole wide world outside of my family is attending Jimmy Buffett concerts, okay? I dress in funny shirts. I wear parrots on my head. Yes. I get a limo so I can imbibe margaritas in the parking lot with like-minded souls. My cheeseburger recipe is on the web if I had a cheeseburger recipe, okay? And just nut job. Okay. Just, just your general nut job. Nut job. Nut job. Okay. I love Jimmy Buffett. Okay. okay. I'm the guy who can answer the trivia question. What's the first word of Margaritaville, the song, the lyrics. And the answer is nibbling. Okay. And as luck would have it, I work for you and you and your role as my manager. Um, for some reason you get offered free tickets to a Buffett concert. Okay. The company bought a few or whatever somehow, and they've trickled down to the director level, which is you. And actually they're pretty good seats. They're not front row but they're not on the lawn either, okay? And as it turns out for you, my manager, you prefer Coldplay or Radiohead or the Rolling Stones, whatever, you pass on the buff tickets that are offered to you. And next week, I find out that you had two tickets offered to you and you turn them down. Now, a question for you. Is Mark wrong to assume that you knew I was a huge fan? And you chose to pass on the tickets in spite of that? Okay, maybe I'm wrong. But that's what I'm going to assume. Because whether you knew or not, I make a reasonable assumption that you ought to have known. As often as you've chatted me up, as often as you've made attempts to be cordial, you've asked about how my weekend was, about how Kate or Travis or Drake or whomever, about how our weekend was and my my kids and so on. We're gonna cut, we're gonna cut people so a, a break here though because of course you're wrong, right? You know we've met a lot of our listeners, right. and I guarantee you, if they had known that you're a big J- Jimmy Buffett fan, they would have offered you the tickets, and I would have figured that out. I would have thought about it for a minute, and and really, right? I would have been okay with that. Only the problem with that is that's even worse, right? Because I've suddenly realized now you know nothing about me if you don't know that I'm a huge Buffett fan. Right? And and then I think, okay, maybe you didn't know, but what does that mean about what kind of manager you are? Okay. It's not good. Okay, so are you you listening? Are you an uncaring boss or a thoughtless boss? Right. Which which one would you choose? Yeah. 
Exactly. <laughs> the point here is that not knowing the basics about our directs, anyone, if you're a manager, if you don't know the basics about your directs, you are inherently in an unsupportable position in a modern organization, which either purports to put people first, quote unquote, people first, or purports to, quote, get the most out of its human resource assets. Either, either one, if you're in that organization, that scenario, that thought uh, experiment we just suggested whether you're thoughtless or uncaring, it doesn't fit with your corporate values. And that's 90% of the corporate values that we see. And we say this with certainty. Your directs care more for their families than they do for the work they do for you. It is a fundamental truth. We know this about organizations. Any manager is not so much different than her directs that we could tell the difference notably. Oh, maybe we could tell it in terms of salary, in terms of certain benefit packages or so on. That's not important. We're talking about as human beings. You're just not that much different. And that means the most important thing in the world to your directs is their spouse and their children. Okay. So now here's the continuation of our little thought exercise here. Right. With that in mind, dear listener, can you name each of the children of each of your direct reports and a spouse? Right, exactly. And that is the acid test of the relationship a manager has with his or her directs. Do you really know the names of their children? And the question is, do you? And the question again is, really, really do you? And look, you know, this is manager tools. Let's make it actionable, right? Here's an easy way to test it. Write down the names of all your directs. If you don't want to write them down, Look on the org chart. They're all there. And then under each one of them or to the right of each of the names, write the number. We're not even going to ask you yet for the names. Write the number of children that they have. And our first test is if you can't do that with do or die certainty, you're going to fail the acid test of what are their names. You know what we right? should do? We should do a survey on the website to a survey monkey thing. Right. Have everybody do this exercise and then come back to us, go to the website and take the survey and then we'll post the, the results of it. And do it How anonymously. Many, do and it it'll anonymously. be anonymously. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Anonymously. Did you know or did you not know? And then we'll share it with the community and find out whether or not what the percentage is. And, and here, here's another suggestion. Whether we do that or not, let's make it easy. Send us an email to show at manager-tools.com. We give you our words. Okay, Mike was the deputy honor captain at West Point. We're not going to share your name with anyone, okay? Send us an email that says, I did the test. I knew that I had five directs, and I was 100% accurate that they had a total of this many spouses slash, slash children, and here are their names, and I got it right or I got it wrong. Please don't try to impress us. Okay, don't don't do that. Give us an accurate sampling. You know, if 50 or 100 people respond and we've got what, 40, 50,000 listeners, right? Not everybody's going to write in. But but if we get a couple of hundred people writing in, we'll have a rough idea. Yeah, 40, 50, I hope not everybody writes in. Right. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> not to suggest that you who are listening right now should not write in. You should. Right. Just assume that everybody else won't. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I got to tell you, where else in the world will you find a managerial resource a management development resource suggesting that you should know the names of the kids of your directs. Nowhere else. And yet, and yet, if you share this with any management advice person or whatever, you know what they'll say? Oh, sure, that's a good, that's a good example. Well, okay, smart guy, why didn't you think about it? 
Well, it's because most people who are giving management advice don't think about the most important relationship in organizations, which is between manager and direct. If every single manager had a great relationship with their direct, you know, gosh, over half of the managerial and organizational problems that existed would go away. So look, look, okay, we're asking you, whether you can or can't, do your best at writing down the number of kids, obviously, potentially add one for spouses. There may be some divorces there, right? But spouses and kids, write down the numbers. And then if, you, if you're certain of the number, bravo, well done. And then next step, phase two, write down the names. Correct spellings if you please, but if you can't get it right, but you can say them accurately, lovely. I'm all, I always struggle with the name Caitlin. There's probably 10 different spellings of the name Caitlin. And look, if you get four out of five, bravo, right? And then the, the question, of course, becomes, which ones don't you know? And the, the, I guess the sad part of that, is it possible that everyone thinks you know some of their kids' names? Wouldn't it be weird if there were 10 directs and there, each of them had three kids and you knew two of each of the three kids' names? That would be 20 out of 30. It's not bad number. And yet every single direct would think, yeah, he knows two-thirds of the most important people in my life. Right. Ouch. Yeah, yeah. Right. And if you don't know the names of each of your direct children, guess what, folks? They know it. Right. <laughs> you know, what you're saying is the directs know that you don't know it, right? Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, yeah exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, how's the kids? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I only have one. Yeah, that's, that's the punchline of the question at the conference, right? Right. And if they know that you don't know, if they know that, they know you really don't care about them completely. And folks, they don't only know it, they believe it. And here's where it gets really hard for us. And Mike and I are recovering in this area as well. We're not, we're not casting aspersions on you. We have lived this difficulty ourselves. We're not saying we're good and you're not. We're saying we've been there and we don't want you to have the moment when your people are not giving you the most because... You don't know the stuff that's important to them. We've been there and we don't want that for you, right? So think about this. Which one of your directs will give the final measure of energy and commitment that you really need them to give you to someone, you, who doesn't care about them completely? What part of your directs are they leaving at home? Are they not bringing to the table every single morning because you haven't taken the time to know what's most important to them. And we don't want to be melodramatic about this, but at some fundamental uh, human emotional level, it is melodramatic, right? Yeah. Yeah. He didn't know my kids' names and I don't think he loves me. And that's a, that's a, it's a moment of truth, unfortunately. The great thing about this, if you don't know, don't beat yourself up about it. All you got to do is just go find out now. Right. Right. I mean, that's, this is an easy one to solve. And there's right. several ways to find out your direct family names. It's probably in a series of emails. It may be our HR documents that you can get access to, but there's really only one way, one, one way to get it truly right. 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 And that's easy. Ask each and every one of your directs what their spouse's name is and what each of their children's names are. Look, We've given you the the bucket to do it in, right? You can do it in a one-on-one. And look, folks, it's not rocket science. 
we'll give you the words. It might be not a nice way to say it would be, you know what? I'm not great with names. Would you take a moment and tell me your family's names, your wife's names, your husband's name, and your kids' names so I can write them down? I realized this weekend I was spending time with my kids that maybe I haven't shared a lot about my kids with you, and that's way more important than work. And I realized in a moment, in a flash, that maybe perhaps I could spend some more time knowing your kids' names. Look, you could even say, you know, I've done a poor job keeping up with your family, and I admit, hey, I admit it, I don't know all their names. Would you be a dear and walk me through their names so I can write them down? You know, frankly, I, I prefer the, the latter over the four. With the admittance in it? Yeah. Yeah. You feel the same way? Yeah, yeah. And the question is, why? Right? Probably most people don't prefer it because they'd have to admit Failing. They're failing. Yeah, yeah. Right. And what's interesting about it is you and I, because we're probably, I mean, relatively speaking, what do you think? You think we're old compared to the average listener? Yeah, probably. Yeah, we're <laughs> At this point, 50? I hate, now this right. is one thing I hate to admit, right. actually, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're 50, okay? So we prefer admitting for the very same reason that other people say, God, I don't like that. And when I was 22, did I know that? No. No. I did not know that. And folks, if you're 22, listen to Mike and I, at some point you're going to have this revelation, it's going to happen to you over time, that admitting you're wrong is not a bad thing. It's not a weakness. It is, in fact, a strength. Your directs know you don't know their kids' names. If you admit it, it's a sign of strength. It's not weakness to acknowledge publicly a weakness. How many times have you looked at the TV and said, if you just admit that you were wrong, I'd like you for the mistake you made, but you won't admit it. And so you're making it complex and you're implying somebody else was responsible or you're blaming on your parents to act with that. Just admit it. I was wrong. I apologize, right? It's not weakness to acknowledge a, a weakness publicly. Everyone on the planet today knows they have weaknesses. And 99% of us, there's a similar number, a familiar number, spends time covering up rather than admitting honestly all of our failings. We have them. We all have them. We all know everybody else has them too. And the person who admits them says, I'm strong enough on the inside to say it. I failed at this. And the amazing thing is you take that leap and others marvel at right. their candor as opposed to, Oh my gosh, look at him. He stinks because he's weak in that one area. Yeah. I don't my experience. It sounds a little it sounds doesn't seem to make a lot of sense, but I found everybody has weaknesses. And the man or woman who acknowledges them publicly appears stronger than those that don't. Yep. Every single time. Yeah. Now, look, folks, we know you don't believe us. We know you think it's all about power. We know many of you think it's not about influence. It's not about relationships that will make you successful in the long, long wave of your career. If you want to do it your way, do it your way. Okay? And as I've said to conferences before, to to many, many chuckles, if not guffaws, but we're right about this. And the voice that speaks to you at 2 a.m. tells you so. In your defense, frankly, we don't care how you do it as long as you ask your directs As long as you take notes when you ask, what is your wife or husband's name? What are your children's names? And then take the time to write them down. And I I know this will sound corny, but this is one of those acid tests that's about relationships that, in our opinion, right, 
it defies corniness. Don't write them down on paper. Write them on your heart. Because when you're worried in that very same place in your heart about whether something they are working on, about whether or not that thing they're working on will turn out the way you want it to, it's going to be up to them and not to you. And they better believe you care about them at 3 a.m. in the morning when their dark night of the soul reaches them. The question is for them whether it's family or boss, or if you truly care about them and you know what's important to them, they don't have to choose family or boss. They can choose both. And when they choose that, you win and their family wins as well. Well said. A useful set of questions to ask yourself. What is more important to you, your family or your work? What is more important to your directs, their family or their work? And with that in mind, can you name each of the children of each of your direct reports? Go through it, ask yourself honestly. And if you can't, real simple. Just find out now by asking them, what's the name of your kids? What's the name of your spouse? Yeah, admit it, own up to it. Be candid about your failings. We have them too. We've shared our failings with you. Some of them we haven't shared, but we've made light, we've made light of publicly. Um, get over yourself. You knowing that is the acid test of your relationship with your directs because relationship power is really what takes you from manager to executive and really good relationships are what make for highly effective executives as well. Excellent. Thanks, partner. Thanks, my friend. Thanks, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it, although that was a little bit different than our normal cast. I hope you got some value out of it nonetheless. All right, folks, we'll see you all again next week. So long. <laughs>